0: When you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A N G I.com. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours, like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more made to order just the way you like it.
1: Hey guys, what's up and welcome back to another Coffee Talk podcast episode. Today we're going to have a really fun chat, especially any of you guys, I guess, that grew up in the Disney era, then you're really going to enjoy this one. And if you're a feminist, you're probably really going to enjoy this one too. Today's talk is going to be all about the Disney princesses and just some of the underlying messages that they perhaps instilled into our young impressionable brains at such a young age but before we jump in i'm going to leave you guys with a quote to start the day as per usual get our moody intro in and then let's dip into the conversation so today's quote comes from rebecca west and it says i myself have never been able to find out precisely what feminism is i only know that people call me a feminist whenever i express sentiments that differentiate me from a doormat What's up and welcome back to another coffee talk episode for today We're gonna be doing a coffee talk and I want to talk about the Disney princesses I feel like I just want to have a general discussion about the movies. We watched growing up, you know Snow White Ariel I'll even go as far as including things like Lion King and the Emperor's New Groove and all of those just classics you know those Disney classics that You watch when you're little and at the time you just absorb all of it and don't question it. And then you get older and I don't know. I find this really interesting to look at the things that we were maybe exposed to or shown as representations and examples of things and how that has further affected us in our adulthood and our later years of living. I chose to do the Disney princesses today because I was recently talking about this. I want to say it was like either in a live stream or in another coffee talk, and then a couple people jumped on it and said to do the video, but also just because I feel like even just being 26, I feel like I have been addressing a lot of my own deeply embedded truths. Um, I feel like you guys probably already know this, but I do a lot of therapy, and in my therapy, I also go back to my childhood quite a bit to do a lot of healing there, and I feel like in all of those experiences, I'm always met with these kind of like societal norms or these truths that I don't ever really remember being like, yeah, that's that's what I think about life or that's what I think about, insert whatever topic here. So that kind of led me or leads me to look at the things that maybe would have taught me those truths. When we are young, specifically in those zero to seven age gap, um, that chapter of life, we are literally just intaking information. We don't have the cognitive ability yet to consciously question the information we're being shown, especially if, you know, we do, I went to school when I was four, I started going to junior kindergarten, but especially up until four years old, you don't really have anything outside of your coordinate family or your home base to really kind of contrast and compare to or analyze different types of information, right? So it's interesting when you think back to the things that you maybe watched or really loved as a kid and then seeing now how that might have actually affected the way that you perceive the world or the filter that you see the world through. I want to start by saying they're not all bad. Like I still love Disney movies. Lion King and Pocahontas were my honorary mentions because those were like my two ultimate top favorite Disney movies ever. But you know, I don't want to paint this as an entirely bad situation either. You know, I don't want to say that like all Disney princesses are terrible and that everything they taught us was horrible. I've just noticed a lot of common themes and a lot of common patterns in a lot of the little fairy tales and Disney movies that we were presented when we were little. And I want to just discuss how that might have been damaging to our psyche now that we're older. Hear me out, let's have the chat, and then tell me your thoughts on the topics or the different princesses down below. So let's jump into some of the maybe unhealthy truths that Disney movies represented to us or showed us at a young age. The very first one is that women are damsels in distress. That is pretty much the common denominator of nearly every princess movie is that the princess is a damsel. She's in some sort of distress that she can't seem to figure out on her own for whatever reason. And she needs to be saved by the handsome prince. There are even, I mean, I'm thinking like Sleeping Beauty in Snow White where the girl is pretty much dead or unliving to the world until she gets kissed by the man. So the man's kiss, the man's powers are what bring her back to life. Um, I have a lot of things that I want to unpack here. The common theme of showing princesses needing to be saved and then the prince being some kind of reward for feeling weak and vulnerable or in distress and then saved is so damaging because first of all, okay, It doesn't even go as far as saying that like, yes, I know that there needs to be a storyline and some sort of challenge, but also within all of these Disney movies, a lot of the times the princesses just like sit defeatedly and cry and then Prince Charming comes running out of the forests and somehow saves the day and somehow also saves the girl. First of all, to get a boy's attention, you need to be in some sort of distress or danger. And it's funny even thinking back on my own like childhood and thinking about some of the first few crushes I ever had, you know, when you're like literally in elementary school, they're like your first, first, first crushes. Like these aren't even boys that you think about kissing. These are just boys that you just want to poke and like push on the playground or whatever. And I can think back to like being like seven or eight and like having some sort of like distress with my friends so that like the boy that I had a crush on would have to like comfort me in some kind of way. And it's interesting because, again, when you think about that, when you're like, oh, all of these fairy tales, all of these Disney movies, the damsel is always in danger or distress, and that seems to be the thing that gets the prince's attention. So it is actually men's basic biological instinct to want to provide and protect. So... Tends to be a narrative that we see in a lot of different movies, just even further than the Disney princesses. But I feel like it's so romanticized in Disney movies that, you know, the guy's going to come along and protect and defend you and provide for you or give you some sort of sense of stability. I mean, we haven't even dug it into some of the, the love stories that go on in these Disney movies yet. We're going to, but you know, it's always that like this girl is just flawless and kind of tasteless in a lot of ways. Like, there's not a lot of personality in a lot of the Disney princesses. And then it's just like this guy comes along and protects you and saves you and end of the movie. That's it. So it's really... I know that this is really picking it apart, but how young a kid's brain is when they're digesting that information, when they're seeing these princesses that they look up to, that they idolize, that become their role models, disempowering themselves, feeling weak, feeling defeated, being defeated, and then just kind of waiting for a prince to come along and save the day. Who's to say that that isn't basically teaching young girls at a young age to do the exact same thing once they start getting into their teenage or adolescent years? Now, by all means, if you have a boyfriend or a husband and you're having a bad day or whatever. Like I get it. Like I'm like somebody that likes to be hugged and cuddled as well. Whenever I am feeling like I'm having just a distressful day, that is totally fine. It's not to say that like that shouldn't be a thing or that that's a bad thing to want or need as a woman. But I do feel like in these movies when it's constantly just basically shown that the minute you have a challenge or a problem in your life, that you're going to need a man to come along to basically help you fix it. That's where the narrative gets repetitive and damaging and disempowering in so many ways. There's a big difference between allowing yourself to feel held and supported than basically saved, (laughs) like, or, you know, like you need someone to come along and and do it for you. In a way, I feel like we need to be teaching young girls or we should have been teaching or someone should have been teaching ourselves at those young ages that we can also slay dragons, you know? We can just as easily beat down, I'm trying to think of one of the evil witches, any of the evil witches or Ursula or even Cuella Deville, we have that power, you know? So the second thing that I feel like is kind of a very unhealthy represented thing in the Disney princess era are unhealthy relationships, okay? I remember watching Beauty and the Beast back in the day and not even questioning at all, the fact that this girl, this teenage girl, literally gets kidnapped and then stays there, ends up taking care of the guy, and then falls in love with her kidnapper, then even further than that, goes to show that her love, okay, her love is what it took to change the man from a monster into a prince. I love Belle, I love Beauty and the Beast, but do you know how many things are wrong with that storyline. Like, can we dissect that a little bit? Or let's just, you know, move on to good old Ariel. Again, I love The Little Mermaid. Such a classic, right? But think about it. She literally leaves her family behind and gives up her voice, okay? Takes her voice and gives it away to somebody she knows is an evil witch, literally, and all does all of this for a guy that she's known for all of, like, five seconds. Yeah, just give your voice up. You don't need a voice. Nope, nope. Just go for, go for the guy, though. Or what about Princess Jasmine? Um, Aladdin, another huge favorite of mine. I love all of the songs in Aladdin. I could catch myself singing Aladdin songs, like, randomly out of nowhere. But how about the fact that when Jasmine was basically meant to be queen. was basically told she wouldn't be capable of being queen unless she was married off to a man. Like she's only able to step into her role or her status or her duty in life when she has a man by her side she can't take on that queen role by herself so as young as 16 her dad is marrying her off like these are again the same male dominantly represented storylines of unhealthy relationships where these women have no say these women have no real sense of personality or fall in love in a way that is actually healthy and that represents the fact that women are just as much human as men and that your love is not meant to turn monsters into men and your love is not meant to be sold away so that you can step into the role of being a queen or your love is not meant to take your voice In each and every one of the Disney relationships or the yeah like the romantic relationships shown in Disney movies the prince coming into her life is what allows her life to fall into place it's what gives her her sense of royalty it's what gets her voice back or her life back or her sense of consciousness back. It's what makes her go from rags to riches. It's what, you know, it's just like over and over again, reinstilling this idea that, again, men or the prince or the guy is... Basically, gonna better your life in some way, even if he's not a good person, even if he kidnaps you and holds you hostage. This guy is gonna bring magic into your life or allows you to experience things that cannot be real. Like you're chosen as this special one to suddenly be able to receive magic and true love's first kiss and just all of this. And it's not even just the romantic relationships that are kind of questionable in these Disney princess movies. But also, have you ever noticed that like, Aside from Frozen, which is a super like way more recent than the Disney movies that I remember watching growing up. The fact that none of these princesses seem to have girlfriends, like none of them seem to have friends that are girls or close confidants that aren't animals and even their relationships with themselves, like they're all kind of isolated in some sort of way and there's no sense of like woman support. None of them also really seem to have a relationship with their mothers, like all questionable relationships and storylines that again seem to be repetitive patterns in Disney princess movies. A lot of them again don't show what it's actually like to grow up as a woman. Like you never notice any of the Disney princesses struggling with like you know Insecurities with themselves or bodily insecurities. And I mean, why would they, right? Because they're all beautiful. They all just like step into womanhood, like it's so graceful and elegant, and like there's no sense of. Feeling like you have any flaws, of dealing with any kind of self-doubt—it's just like they're these magical little musicians that just are like fairy-like, and just, that's what a woman is, and that is pretty much what is being sold through the Disney princesses as what it means to be a woman, what it's like to have relationships in your life, what kind of relationships are in your life, and what those relationships even look like. Now, the third thing that I want to talk about in terms of an unhealthy pattern and thing that a lot of the Disney princesses represented or showed us at a young age is probably, in my opinion, one of the most important because I think that it's one of the most damaging and it's the unhealthy idea of what beauty is. So this part, I'm probably going to dive in a little deep, but before we go into it, I will just allow us all to take a quick little break, maybe warm up a second coffee or whatever.
0: Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you find your purpose at grand canyon university
1: visit gcu.edu i am ready to jump into this part because this is as much as i feel passionately about the unhealthy relationships and just i guess the general damsel in distress problem that seems to be going on in most of the disney princess movies i think the biggest thing that gets me roundup about Disney princesses is how unhealthy and how limited their physical appearances are and how much that I would say this part probably dug deepest within my own subconscious growing up watching these movies. If you actually line up all the Disney princesses side by side, You will notice that nearly all of them, I want to say pretty much, I'm thinking there's one picture in particular that seems to be on a lot of Disney princess things where it's like Cinderella, Snow White, Sleeping Beauty, Pocahontas, Ariel, Jasmine, like you get all the princesses lined up in a row and all of their bodies are the exact same, like they're the exact same height, the exact same proportions, the exact exact same symmetry, they all have thick beautiful hair. They all have giant like deer Bambi like eyes and cute little button noses and totally unproportionate like legs to chest size, to shoulder size, to head size, to even like their curves. You know, they have a little bit of curves, but basically the only places where it counts. Um, and they all are just it's just such an unhealthy, unrealistic view of beauty. So when you think about how young a lot of A lot of girls are when they're introduced to the Disney princesses or how young you were when you were introduced to the Disney princesses. That is those primal years of basically absorbing information and looking to your role models, looking to the examples that are being set for you while your body is growing, while your body is changing, but while you're still very small and not capable to really challenge a lot of these thoughts or challenge a lot of these representations of things like beauty, things like things like what it's like to be desirable, what it's like to be in love. And so for for a lot of young girls while they start to hit puberty and you know it's like such a deep subconscious thing because again I know that this is just one piece of such a giant puzzle such a deeply woven tapestry of the things that start to feed into why we end up having these problems when we're older because it's definitely not just the Disney princesses that are being used to sell this image of what it is to be a beautiful woman but because it is so everywhere I guess it projects over and over and over again the exact same ideal image of what it is to be beautiful and then as girls grow older and their bodies start to change and they start to reach the ages of a lot of these princesses you know which is like 16 17 18 19 you start to compare your body to things that you don't even realize have been deeply ingrained inside your mind you know you start to wonder wait, why doesn't my waist come in like this tiny? Why are my eyes two different shapes or kind of like lopsided? Or why are my boobs two different sizes? Why are my legs short and my arms long? Or why are my arms short and my legs long? You know, there's no sense of diversity in body size, in body proportions. And it's kind of, even further than that, it gets a little worse when you actually start to pay attention to a lot of the villains in Disney movies, because it's always the villains in Disney movies that have what I'm going to say are body flaws, but are really actually just more realistic diversity in the ways that their bodies are being represented. So that again, instills that deep notion that villains or people with body flaws or people with bodies that don't fit into this perfect criteria of almost every other character, even other women that you do see in the movies, like all of them tend to be the exact same pipsqueak little size. It's like, okay, so then if somebody's body doesn't look like this, then they are automatically a bad person, a villainous person, antagonist in the entire storyline or in life. just the overall general stereotyping of what it even is to be a woman or what women's duties and jobs and lifestyles are like for instance like when you think about snow white she was literally taking care of seven men and like cinderella all of these princesses they were doing chores they were really kind of only limited to the arts which you know i love art but if where are like the scientists where are the women that are are taking on different, more intelligent roles. Not to say that art isn't intelligent, but you know what I mean? Like, it's almost like every single one of them are these little musical pixie fairies that that just like sweep and dust and somehow know how to like tap into magic, take on the roles of cooking and cleaning and domestic duties, are being controlled or don't have any sense of life choice, have no sense of ambition, have no sense of goals. It's really just kind of like the very, very early Disney princesses. And listen, I love them, but it's almost like their personal personalities are not existent They're just these like little weak girls that are just meant to sit there and look pretty and be married off to some sort of prince. Now, like I said, when you have the cognitive ability to understand these things, you can watch these movies without picking up these subtle cues or picking up these subtle traits or patterns and then basically assuming that that is what everybody's like or assuming that that is the norm. So yes, that doesn't mean that you can't be a woman and enjoy domestic duties or those things. Like it's not to say that anyone that would want to be someone that likes to cook or someone that likes to clean or someone that wants to take care of people, that that's necessarily a bad thing. It's just that when young girls see that they start to mimic their role models. Like again, I can think all the way back to my childhood. I was that kid that had like baby dolls and basically would just practice being a Or being a princess like all of the time and thinking that basically what that was was sitting in a tower of a castle with like lava on the floor and there's a dragon that's keeping me captive or... That I would be like the cooking and the cleaning and I had this like fake like cashier register that I'd go and get groceries for my like little baby dolls and I'd have the little strollers and I'd bring them home and I was pretty much like a stay at home mom and again it's I'm not like saying that that's a bad thing I think that that's kind of adorable and cute and I remember having a lot of fun doing those things but at the same time it can be damaging if it comes from, oh my gosh, it just started pouring rain outside. That can also be damaging if at young ages, girls start to believe that that's all that they are meant to do or all that they can do. You know, when they start to buy into the stereotype that that is what women do, that they are domestic stay-at-home mothers, don't really have any sense of individuality, of self-accomplishment or self- sufficiency. It's funny, I I can remember the very first time I ever really started talking to trees. I got the idea from Pocahontas. I remember I was in Love with Pocahontas. Like I have little baby pictures. I don't know if I have any of them. I don't think I have any of them like scanned for the computer and I don't know where they are anymore. But I had pictures where I was wearing like a little Pocahontas shirt and I'm like two. So Pocahontas was like my favorite movie. And I just remember loving how the nature like came to life in that movie and talking to trees because Pocahontas could talk to trees. And that's not a bad example. You know, that's a good example because it's, it forced me to start talking to trees and dipping into my feminine energy. But that just goes to show you how easily and how quickly we pick up on these things when we're children and we start to mimic these behaviors. So when the only behaviors are the only limited examples of what it's like to be a woman and what a woman's duties are and how she shows up in the world is basically cooking, cleaning, looking absolutely drop dead, flawlessly stunning with no sense of quirkiness, no sense of of normalness, you know? Like you're just like this thing that's supposed to sit there and look pretty and wait for a prince and have children, like and wait for true love because that's the only thing that's going to give your life meaning or give your life a story to it. That can be extremely damaging. And now that I'm in my 20s and moving closer and closer to my 30s. I mean, I'm only 26, but you know what I mean? Now that I'm in my later 20s and I've been addressing so many of the like deep intuitive just truths that aren't actually truths or aren't actually intuition but you think they are like For instance, a perfect example of this, and I've talked about this a lot on my podcast already, but just the idea of facing my own body dysmorphia, of facing my own eating disorder tendencies, and basically questioning where that was coming from, questioning why I had limited myself to believe that there was a specific body type I wanted to look like, and then recognizing that that exact body type is pretty much the body type that we were sold through Disney princesses this unrealistic unattainable unhealthy for my unique body to look like proportions and sizes and just this like exactly what we've been talking about it was exactly what a Disney princess's body looks like and it makes you question how deep it goes because again like I love wearing makeup I love playing around with like my hair and things like that but then again it makes you wonder I'm like oh like we all wear lashes we're all trying to make our lips look bigger like we're all trying to like accentuate tinier wrists wists, waists and like bigger booties and like perkier boobs. Like is all of that literally coming from when we were young being shown over and over again, the same repetitive body frame and proportion sizes that we are now just we don't even realize we're doing it we just think that that's the norm these princesses are shown to literally be flawless to literally like to be naively flawless you know what I mean where they're like not even aware of how beautiful they are and not even aware of how graceful they're being like that's just how they are like they don't poop they don't fart they don't like when they're eating food slurp, they don't, they're not human. They're basically angels. It's like the pre, it's like the pre-programming of childhood leaning into the later teenage programming of Victoria's Secret Angels and literally just thinking that these people are angelic, that these women are angelic and that we then as women need to be angelic, that we then as women need to just be gracefully naive, to be good little girls, to not, Talk loud, to sit around and cry and be a damsel in distress and wait for these princes, that our love is meant to change men and, you know, bring about magic to the world. And it's just, it makes you question all of these things. These princesses, they're like always ignoring their rationality. They're not ever really thinking logically. They're always codependent on something or someone, even if it's an animal. And like, there is. Uh, And there are some badass Disney princesses. Like, I thought Mulan was pretty badass. But even still, it's like she... It's shown that she's unable to keep up with the training of the other men. It's just like, mm. mmm. Rewatching a lot of the Disney princess movies. I just feel like women were represented in almost all of them to be weak, to be passive, to kind of be a little reckless in a way that they don't really kind of value their own life. Or, you know, that they are able to see past warning signs or red flags that in real life would be really important not to see past. That these women are only capable of looking in the mirrors and brushing their hair and doing chores and, you know, calling upon magic. (laughs) That it's normal to spend your life or to find your duty in taking care of men or in finding your true love's first kiss and then throwing your entire life away for a guy you just met as a teenager. Now like I said, this wasn't me just trying to paint all Disney princess movies bad. You know, they show what it's like to be kind. They show what it's like to be nurturing. They give you examples of, you know, some of the Disney princesses that were smart, that were intelligent, that I mean, it's problematic because I'm thinking of Belle in particular, who was very smart, but was also like isolatedly smart and kind of treated other people like she was smarter than them. And then being as smart and as intelligent as she was fell in love with her captor. But I think that the vast majority of these Disney movies and these Disney princess movies basically created or instilled this princess mentality, go through things like puberty, start to like things like boys, have crushes, and then suddenly start to move into our 20s. And we're starting to question why we do feel like we're giving away our voice, why we do find ourselves playing the damsel in distress, why we are thinking that the only thing that's missing from our lives is a man. And it's, again, I'm not trying to say that these are bad things, because again, I I really don't think these are black and white topics. This is a gray area, because I also think that when you take gender roles out of the equation, and you just look at each and every person as a human being, human beings do need that sense of Love and connection. Uh, You know, it's just like I'm trying to basically say that there's nothing wrong with wanting your prince charming, with wanting to be in love, with just wanting to, like, like I said, be a stay-at-home mom or to be an artsier girl or to be a girl that likes to wear lashes or... I don't know, like wear big gowns and dresses and such and like to embrace that side of you, to embrace the truth in you if that's who you are. But I guess it's just more so saying that it's that bordering line of where we start to fall into that princess mentality of believing we need to be saved, of thinking that a lot of these Truths that might not be when you think about them in your brain, you're not thinking like I need a Prince Charming, you might just be thinking I need Brad because Brad I love Brad, even though Brad treats me like shit. And like, no, you don't need Brad, you're or you know, that you have to like when you're having a bad day or a stressful day or you're being challenged by something, that like you need to call on Chad to come and help you to come and fix your bookshelf that broke or help you put your furniture together like you don't need chad you can put your furniture together or you can call up your girlfriends pour a bottle of wine and put your furniture together all together and that's the other thing that we don't need friends that we we can just sit around and in our bedrooms and wait for our prince charmings that girl power isn't a thing not to mention here we go i was supposed to just be wrapping this up right now but now i'm going on a tangent why aren't any anyone not even just the disney princesses? Why are none of them bisexual? Why are none of them in same-sex relationships? Why where's the Disney princess that falls for a girl? Or I just feel like when you think back to the imaging and the reality of each and every one of these storylines and you're able to now that we're older cognitively question them look back on them you can still enjoy a good Disney movie but I feel like it brings a lot of things to the surface, a lot of truths that you might start to realize within yourself. A lot of times you may have, as a woman, fallen into that princess mentality trap and thought that you needed to be this pixie little princess for the rest of your life. And I think that noting that and becoming aware of that is really empowering because then you can still, like I said, watch the Disney movies if you want to watch them without buying into their storylines or their truths. So there you guys go. That is my thoughts on Disney princesses. Like I said, if you guys have any thoughts, anything you want to add, um, anything at all to do with the idea of Disney princesses, maybe even just if you want to talk about how they showed some good things because I feel like I didn't dive into much of that in today's chat because like I said, I don't think all the Disney princesses were terrible and that I think all of them had pros and they had cons or anything in, in general. Just if you want to keep the conversation rolling, feel free to leave a comment down below. And aside from that, I love you guys all the way to Proxima and back. I am sending all of you guys tons of light and tons of love. And I will talk to all of you guys in the next Coffee Talk podcast episode. Bye guys. Today's
0: episode is brought to you by Angie.